Happy Monday, crew. Today is actually Valentine's Day, so I am sending you all the love in the world. I hope you're having a good one, whether you are attached to someone, a significant other or not. I tend to think of Valentine's Day as a day that you can really give yourself the opportunity to just chill, meet your own needs, ask yourself what your needs are today and act on them. So from there, Today's session is a case study. I haven't been here in a while. I've been really, really busy with the advanced program. We have been building so many systems into it and it has been a blast. We've got a massive community um, or rather a fabulous community of massively motivated individuals who are going through things at their own pace. And the reason this recording has come about is because every Friday we do a case study based on somebody's check-in from a Thursday. Invariably, that case study is really to highlight issues that someone is having or difficulties that someone is having or barriers that an individual has met in trying to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. Now, I want to stop here for a moment and just highlight to you guys that if you are triggered by discussions around food, if you are triggered around um, talking about energy balance, the amount of energy you're taking in versus the amount of energy that's going out, if you're triggered by discussions around weight loss or anything like that, this may not be the conversation for you. What I'm trying to do here is focus on the needs of the client, focus on the desires of the client and base my answers around those needs. So it is not my intent to suggest that everybody should look for weight loss or everybody should look for weight gain. And in fact, we try to keep these conversations away from the conversation about weight because we know for a fact that weight does not line or align on a linear scale with health, with how we feel, with feeling good. So we want to keep this to how well we're nourishing our bodies, whether we're meeting the demands of our sports, uh, whether we are continuing to improve performance. And of course, we want to keep coming back to the needs of the client, the needs of the individual person. And uh, yeah, we're going to run from there. So again, I hope that's given you enough information to make a decision on whether this is the right podcast for you to listen to or not. So from here, guys, what we're going to do, usually on a Friday, we check through a case study, but last Friday, for some reason, it didn't record. So today we're going to look through it in detail again. We're going to go through, I'm going to call this uh, lady Sophia because we're going to protect her name for for um, confidentiality reasons. And if you have any questions after this, you can reach out to me anywhere. You can reach out to me here on whichever platform you're listening on, or you can choose to pop me an email, info at fionaodonnell.ie, or send me a message on my website, fionaodonnell.ie. And of course, I'm across all social media channels. You just have to look me up there. So at fionaodonnell.ie on Instagram, which is probably where I'm most active. So guys, we're going to look at Sophia's check-in last Thursday. We're going to identify a couple of areas that I'd like to highlight. And then we're going to look at the steps or the advice that we're giving uh, Sophia in order to maybe allow things to turn around for her a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to call out her check-in to you and if you want to use this as an exercise, you can maybe start writing down some things that you feel might be interesting to you or if there's something that aligns with um, what you go through on a week-to-week basis, then by all means, write it down and 
you can try to uh, identify any of the things that you feel stand out for you that are similar and then maybe try some of the solutions. They may work for you, they may not, but there's no harm in trying. Okay, here we go. The week has gone well. Training is going well. One PT class done, another one on Friday. Two runs done, one more to do and did a spinning class last Sunday, another one booked for tonight. So we can see straight away that Sophia is active. She's a busy person. She loves training and she is getting it done. But we need to consider this as well when we're looking at how much energy that Sophia is taking in. First Bikram yoga class done this morning. So excited to try this. So we're hitting our targets on fun and on trying new things, which is something that we really emphasize in the advanced program. Running is getting a lot better. Can now run for longer without stopping. Next week, I'm going to try the 5K. So we can see here that Sophia is definitely performing. Her performance is improving. She's really committed to improving how she's feeling. And overall, this is really positive. Next paragraph. So we're feeling tired this week due to poor sleep, waking during the night and the addition of a new puppy crying during the night has not helped. Food has been good. Main meals contain protein and veg. I'm snacking on fruit and yogurt, still struggling with nighttime cravings. I'll have a few biscuits, but it's the whole not satisfied thing again. And then I'll have a bar of chocolate and I'll get the taste for it and I'll want more. It's the kind of attitude of, I feck it. You're after ruining it now. You may as well keep going. This area, I would love to get under control and love to change my mindset around this. Uh, would love at some stage if you could cover this in one of our discussions. Okay, so Sophia has done really, really well in articulating and communicating the things that have gone really well for her. And that's where we always start. Okay, we always look at the things that have been positive in the week. And even if you've had the busiest week, you've had monster munch for breakfast every day, there are still positives that you can find in your week. Okay, so I'm going to go through some of the elements that we're going to address here. So the first thing I'm going to say is energy output here is high. I'm writing these notes as I go as well, uh, so that I can do this in real time for you guys. Energy output is high. We have three run sessions a week. We have two spinning sessions, there's yoga, and I've no doubt that there's going to be something else in there in the background as well. Okay, so that is three, four, five, that's six training sessions in a week. And we're aiming for continued improvements in performance. Now the next thing, so motivation is high, that's really good, okay? The next thing was feeling tired this week, all right? And yeah, there's a new puppy in the house, but from what I'm reading here, it doesn't sound like the puppy is causing the waking. So waking during the night and the addition of a new puppy crying hasn't helped. Now, that's probably going to last for maybe three nights and then the puppy will settle. So poor sleep is an issue we're looking at here. Okay, waking. So food has been good. Now, this is something else that I tend to look at is people's language around food. So if you take five people and these five people say, yeah, my food has been really good this week. That is not a universal term. Uh, it doesn't indicate that there is a specific, um, that there's a specific standard that was met by every individual. One person will say food was good this week and it might mean that 
they're trying to lose weight and they've eaten salads for every meal. Somebody else might say food was good and it means that they've actually eaten more because they've identified that their energy output is higher and that they need to serve their needs better. For somebody else, they might say food is good and it might mean that they've reached their protein targets for the week because they weren't previously. So what I'm saying to you here, that term food has been good, you have to look at what the individual means by that. So I want you to take a moment now and ask yourself the question, what does food has been good mean to you? Because that's going to tell us quite clearly what our attitudes to food are. So if you're saying, oh, my food has been really good this week, I've only eaten, bum, 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 then it might be that a lot of your choices are influenced by or informed by diet culture. And you're looking at food through the lens of wanting to lose weight. Conversely, others might be looking at how to nourish their bodies. So they might say food has been good and it might mean that you're thinking to yourself, oh, you know what, I've plenty of protein this week, lots of fruit and veg, and a really good selection and volume of carbohydrates, a great selection of different fats. So you might say food is good from that perspective, and you might be thinking to yourself, my gut feels really good, and I feel really healthy, and I feel really well nourished. So just be aware of what that phrase means to you. Okay, so here Sophia has said, main meals contain protein and veg. I'm snacking on fruit and yogurt still struggling with nighttime cravings. Okay, so that's the next thing. So variety has been good. Okay, loads of fruit and veg, um, plenty of protein. So we know that from a nutritional perspective that those targets are met. Variety of veg, lots of protein. We don't know anything about carbohydrates and we don't know about volume yet. Okay, and when I say volume, I mean the volume of food, I mean satiety, fullness, and I also mean the volume of energy that Sophia is taking on board. So, still struggling with nighttime cravings. Okay, so nighttime cravings. We'll come back to that in a second, okay? Because there's a couple of different elements there. Now, it says here, I'll have a few biscuits, but it's the whole not satisfied thing, okay? So, in the program, we do ask everybody to go through that whole element of, okay, when you've eaten something, why did you make the choice to eat that? Is it because it was delicious? Is it because you were really looking forward to it and because you loved that type of food? Is it because you were really hungry? Is it because you had missed lunch and you were looking for something short, sharp, simple? So we look at that as a reasoning and completely with no judgment, just out of curiosity. And then after you've eaten, we look at, okay, well, were you satisfied by that meal or did you feel full after that meal? And this gives us a little bit of feedback then about our choices as well. So what Sophia is saying here is that she's having a few biscuits. She's not satisfied by a few biscuits. Then she'll want a bar of chocolate. Then she'll get the taste for a bar of chocolate and she'll say, feck it, you're after ruining it now, so you may as well keep going. So it is the whole ruining it thing. You've ruined what? Okay, so we'll come back and look at that again in a second. So the area that I would love to get under control, or this is an area I'd love to get under control and love to change my mindset. So I love this, right? And Sophia has said this, and as part of her check-in, she recognizes that she has these thoughts about food and it's something that she wants to change. It's not that she's saying, I never want to have chocolate in the evening, because again, that's really fed by 
diet culture um, and, and that kind of restrictive mentality, she's saying, I really want to change my mindset around this. Why do I feel that I'm in this space where I have this insatiable hunger in the evenings? Okay, so there's a couple of things here that I want to address. So I'm going to give it to you from my perspective. I'm going to give you a little bit of insight into what the rest of the ladies in the program shared as well. So we're going to start at the bottom and work our way backwards. Cravings in the evenings. And this is something that I get questioned about time and time again. It is a topic that comes up at least once a week in the program. It's a topic that I'm sent at least two or three times a week on social media with people asking questions about it or basically highlighting that it's one of their biggest issues. And what I would say is this. The first question I have around this is, what is the problem with eating chocolate in the evening? Do we think that chocolate has a higher energy balance or that chocolate has a higher energy value after six o'clock in the evening? Because if I was to say I'm going to have a bar of chocolate and two biscuits mid-morning, I don't think it would hold the same weight that when we say we want it in the evening it has, if you know what I mean. So like it seems fine to have it during the day, but if we want it when we're sitting down on the couch in the evening, it seems like it's a terrible thing. And I'm not really sure why that is. I think it's probably because, again, informed by diet culture, informed by, oh, you can't eat that, it's going to make you fat. Oh, you can't eat that, it's going to make you put weight on. You know, so I think that's where this is coming from. And again, if if you think you have another angle on this or you have another idea about it, please share it with me. I would love to hear it. But when we look at this whole element of energy balance, you know, you might you might say, well, is your body changing at all? No. Is your weight going up or coming down? No. Okay, well then, it doesn't seem like having a bar of chocolate in the evening is, is any problem for you. You know, if you're an individual who has decided that you are happy at the weight you're at, you know, you the bar of chocolate isn't affecting that. So what's the problem? But it is the mentality and the and the worry for some people that it may negatively affect their weight if they don't stop thinking about it, if they don't stop worrying about it. Or if they if they stop wait now, did I get that right? If they stop worrying about it and if they stop thinking about it, it's going to result in increased weight. So I think I think that's a real worry for people. And I want to dispel that myth of eating chocolate in the evening. It really doesn't it it really doesn't add any extra secret calories to your day. It is what it is on the packet and if it is bringing you over your basic energy requirements, then yes, you may you may put up weight. But equally, if you sit down in the evening and you have a big fruit salad with a yogurt, if that is over and above your energy requirements, then yes, it will contribute to weight gain. And again, I think we have to break down why we feel that's an issue. Okay, so moving on to that then, it is the whole craving element. Why are we craving stuff in the evening? And there can be loads of reasons for it. Listen, I'm the first person to say, when I close the kitchen in the evening, and I do officially say, right guys, kitchen closed. (laughs) If you touch it, you clean up. Um, That is the rule in the evening in our house because uh, I have a house full of absolute savages who are just insatiable in their hunger, but that's teenagers for you. So I think when I want to sit down in the evening, 
It is to switch off. I love having a cup of tea and a bar of chocolate. Or if it's coming towards the weekend, sometimes I'll have a glass of wine. It is that kind of relaxing, okay, I get to focus on me now. I get to have some pleasure now. This is a highly, especially for people who are really busy for the day, you can kind of bank your pleasure for the day because you've been going, going, going. Then you sit down in the evening and you say, I'd love some chocolate and a cup of tea because it's sitting down, relaxing, putting your feet up, engaging in pleasurable activities. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So again, I think we we put too much emphasis on the, oh, sitting down having chocolate and biscuits in the evening is bad. Now, for me personally, yes, I love it. But if it gets to a point where it's maybe an hour before bedtime, if I have chocolate, I find I get to bed and I'm I'm kind of a bit twitchy. It affects my sleep. So I'm not inclined to eat chocolate later in the evening, but that's just me. That's just my preference. It's just how I feel. And maybe it's the same for you. So maybe that's what we're looking at here. Now, again, if you're saying, right, every single evening I have two biscuits and then I have a bar of chocolate and then I have another bar of chocolate, I'd be looking at a couple of things here. Number one, I'd be saying, are you actually hungry? Is this just habit where you've kind of gotten into the habit of looking for pleasure. Is there something else that can give you pleasure? Could you just have sex on the couch instead? Are the kids that well slept or tucked up in their beds? You know, if you're looking for pleasure in the evening, are you are you looking to balance out something that's happened in the day? Right? Are you looking to get rid of an uncomfortable feeling because you've had a really busy day and you're really trying to balance that hard with more pleasure and it's actually when you look at it then maybe it's not serving your needs because maybe you have one bar of chocolate and then your sense of pleasure dips off quite drastically and you're not actually meeting your needs so that's something else to think about it's not something I can cover but definitely having having someone to talk to about that kind of stuff might open the door for you into realizing that you need to do something else to balance your day out if you've had a particularly stressful day. It may be habit, as I said, it may be that you sit down in the same spot and you're just triggered to go, okay, this is my pleasure spot in the house. This is where I this is where I sit down to chill out. Nobody asks me to do anything and I get to switch my brain off. And chocolate, tea, crisps all come into that whole kind of my switch off space. Okay, so you might decide to try sitting somewhere else on the couch. Uh, you might try try to say, right, instead of having regular tea, I'm going to have a cup of mint tea. And maybe you won't want um, the, the family-sized, I don't know, whole nut, which is something I've definitely done. Uh, you know, and again, look, you have to balance out this whole idea of, okay, well, is this doing you harm? Is this bad for you? And on some occasions, you're going to say, no, it's absolutely not. I've had a really busy day um, and I, I just want to feel good. I want to sit down with a bowl of ice cream and enjoy it. There is no problem doing that, okay? If you're doing it every evening and the amount you're having every evening is getting larger and larger or you just kind of feel you can't be happy without it, then that's something to look into in a little bit more detail and to be curious about, but definitely not something to berate yourself about. Okay, so that's what I would say about that. So coming back to that whole thing about food has been good. I'm going to I'm going to come back to that in a second because I actually want to tell you about one of the food diaries that uh, Sophia shared with me. And I think it might maybe give you a little bit of insight into why 
food has such a big focus in the evenings. And uh, again, I'd love you to, for you to have a think about it before you kind of jump to conclusions and maybe try to troubleshoot this with me a little bit. So I want to go back to the fact that Sophia is saying that she's really tired due to poor sleep. Now, I also want to look at that in conjunction with the fact that Sophia is really busy in her day and that she's very, very active. So one of the things now, of course, sleep, especially for women, can be affected by so much, right? I know that anybody listening to this, if you're a guy or if you sleep next to a guy or if you have shared a room with a guy, you will know that for the most part, they go into bed and before they have actually like even put their head on the pillow, there's that kind of, you know, you can hear them breathing, right? And you know, it's the breathing of, God damn it, they're going to start snoring (laughs) because they're that deeply asleep before their heads have hit the pillow, like they're already in dreamland, right? It's a little bit different for a lot of women. Okay, and depending on where you are in your menstrual cycle, depending on whether you are perimenopausal, depending on lots of different factors, how much stress you've had in your day, of course that applies to men too, you may not you may not be able to get to sleep quite so easily. Some people find it difficult to get to sleep, to switch off. Others find they get to sleep really well, but that they wake at frequent intervals throughout the night. And look, there's lots of things that can affect that your magnesium levels, your if you if you suffer with, with anemia, that can affect your sleep or the quality of your sleep. Um your hormone cycle as I said, and the amount of energy you take in can affect your sleep cycle. So if you are exercising loads, if you're finding that your weight is dropping, even at a very slow pace, and it doesn't matter where you are starting from, you can be in the lower BMI range, you can be in the upper BMI range, it doesn't matter where you're starting from. If your weight is actively dropping or if your weight is staying the same but you find your clothes are getting gradually looser or you find that when you look in the mirror you feel you're a little bit smaller because of course you can be doing lots of weight training and it might be offsetting your physical weight loss or your fat loss a little bit so you may not see a huge change in the scales. This can be a sign of course that you're not taking in enough energy to meet the demands of your activity levels. If you are in negative energy balance that is if you are in a calorie deficit the amount of energy coming in in food, drinks, um, you know shakes, cafe con leche, whatever. If the energy coming in and all that stuff is not matching the energy going out. And by energy going out, of course, we mean the energy required for your body to provide basic functions, bone turnover, um, support your muscle function, support your heart and your brain function, walk you up the stairs, go and do a training session, any of those activities, then you're deemed to be in a calorie deficit. And that has a negative impact on sleep. If you're not taking in enough carbohydrates, that has a negative impact on your sleep and it can make you a little bit more restless. It can make it a little bit more difficult for you to get to sleep and it can result in you waking a little bit more frequently during the night. Of course, as I said, hormones have a big part to play and so you may see that this is cyclical. It's always a great idea to track this and this is the advice that's going to be coming back to uh, Sophia as part of the feedback on this session. So tracking your cycle, Tracking your weight, if you're very, very active, is important because 
it's going to give you feedback on whether you're fueling yourself enough in terms of energy. Okay, now it's not for everybody, but it is a useful tool at allowing us to understand whether we are meeting our own needs, unless you are really, really solid with tracking your performance and tracking your fatigue levels. Okay, so this is, of course, something that Sophia is developing and that we will help her to develop over the course of the advanced program. So having a better understanding of your own needs, of what your body needs, that is so, so important. And it's something we try to develop in all the clients in the program. So coming back to this sleep, it's it's kind of that vicious cycle. Okay, if you get more sleep, uh, you, may find, you may find that your cravings in the evening are reduced. Okay, because our cravings go up, we release more ghrelin, which is that kind of hunger or um, it's one of the satiety hormones that tells us that we're not satisfied. Okay, so it tells us that we need to take more energy on board. Now, our brains, our bodies are very, very clever. If we have not given our body enough energy during the day, then a higher release in ghrelin will tell our brains you need something that's high value right now. And high value is something that in a short amount of time, in like the biggest bang for your buck, bar of chocolate, a donut. There's lots of fat, lots of sugar. It's going to get us satisfied. It's going to provide the calorie hit we need. Brilliant. Love it. Let's go. That's why when we're hungry, we don't ever crave a head of broccoli, right? Oh, you know, I'm absolutely starved. I'd love a plate of broccoli now. It doesn't work like that. Our brains are far too clever and they're very much aware that uh, that's not going to give us the biggest bang for a buck in terms of um, energy requirements, okay? So our bodies will always look for something sugary, something with plenty of fat, and that's just that's just the way it works. So if we're not eating enough, or sorry, if we're not getting enough sleep, and we're really tired, if we're not hitting that kind of seven to nine hours a night, then it's going to increase our appetite levels. And while this may not be an issue short term, in the long term, if we are continuously eating or taking on board more energy than we require on a daily basis, then this may contribute to inflammation. And of course, overall, if we have a higher degree of systemic inflammation, and I say may contribute because it's different, varying degrees for everybody, but that can actually contribute to uh, increased risk for cardiovascular disease or, you know, lots of different um, health risks, I guess. So it's just something to consider. So when we look at getting enough sleep, it has a massive foundation in health, not just relating to food, not just relating to appetite, but just relating to our overall well-being. So it's something to really consider. Are you getting enough sleep? Is it regular? Are you getting between seven to nine hours a night? Lots of people will come back and say, oh, I function perfectly well on five hours sleep a night. Well, come back to me when you're 50 and we'll see We'll see how well things have gone. So look, I think the main part here that we're looking at is we've come back to Sophia and we've said, Sophia, let's take a look at your sleep. Let's take a look at what you're doing every evening before bedtime. So this was the advice that came back from the crew, from the other ladies in the program. And they've said, okay, a number of different bits of advice that have filtered down throughout the last couple of months. They've said to make sure that we put the device away an hour to an hour and a half before bedtime. So we plug it in in the kitchen somewhere that it's not next to us. We're not tempted to pick it up and start scrolling. Lots of the ladies in the program have bought themselves clocks to go next to their beds so a radio alarm clock or something, rather than 
their phone and they turn on the news. I mean, <laughs> tell me you're 40 without telling me you're 40. I listen to the news in the morning rather than scrolling through social media. But very often I'll just stick on a bit of music um, and <laughs> just listen to a morning show that's actually going to give me a little bit more information than what's the latest fashion accessory than, than scrolling through Instagram is going to do for me. And that has the added benefit of waking me up gently with some nice music in the morning as opposed to rattling the bedside locker with the vibrations and having me in a bad mood when I wake up. So that's one thing that we addressed. The next thing I want to address is Sophia's food diary. And I want to look at this from the perspective of food timing and volumes. Again, energy volumes. So we're going to keep this brief because look, I think it's really important to state here again, and we often need this reminder, what works for you may not work for somebody else. And one person's food habits may not work for another individual and changing how they eat may not work for them. So it's very, very important to remember that. And what we're doing today is we're suggesting that perhaps Sophia could try an alternative route to fueling herself for her sessions. So what we're saying for this given day is that Sophia had a banana at 7.30 in the morning before a yoga session at 10. So that's two and a half hours before going to work out. Now it's quite an intensive yoga session. It's Bikram yoga. And at 12.15, after her Bikram yoga, she had a big bowl of porridge with protein, loads of seeds and sunflower seeds, some blueberries. So a really hearty bowl of porridge full of nutrition. At 1.30 there was some dark chocolate and at 4.30 there was three rice cakes with low-fat cream cheese and tomatoes. At 6 o'clock there was some salmon, quinoa, roasted veg, rocket halloumi and at 8 o'clock there was some high-protein yogurt, some grapes, McCambridge brown bread and butter. So we want to look at this day as part of the bigger picture. Obviously there's been six other days in the week. Sophia may have eaten totally differently on those days so we don't want to go down a rabbit hole of massively critiquing this day, it might be in perfect balance with the rest of the week. However, if we are to look at this day in isolation for a moment, just to give you an idea and the opportunity to learn if we were to say that this day was multiplied across the week. Now, what we're looking at is 7.30 in the morning, two and a half hours before a fairly intensive yoga session, we're having one banana. I would probably suggest having a little bit more to eat at this time of day. I would probably suggest going into a yoga session or whatever other training session, a little bit better fueled. So if it's two and a half hours before training, I'd be looking at maybe having that porridge and the protein powder and everything at 7.30 in the morning. Now, some people can't eat that much food that early, so that may not work. It might be that a banana with a handful of nuts and a yogurt and a slice of toast with some hummus might be a better option there at 7.30 in the morning or snacking between 7.30 and 9am, having a bit of a break and then going into the yoga class at 10. Really well fueled, well nourished, feeling satisfied and feeling that you have the capacity to really perform during that yoga session. Now that meal after yoga is a great recovery meal. You're utilising porridge oats to replace the energy that you've used during the session. You're using protein to rebuild and repair after what may have been a very strenuous session. You're getting some great fat sources in there and your flax seeds and your sunflower seeds and you're getting some uh, 
fruit in there and your blueberries. So that's wonderful. Now, if we look at the overall day before six o'clock, a banana, a bowl of porridge, a little bit of dark chocolate, some rice cakes with a scrape of low-fat cream cheese. In nearly 10 hours, that's all we've had. Sorry, where are we? 7.30 to 6. So that is that is all we've had. So I think that that's probably, for someone who's really active, for someone who has a lot of energy going out, for someone who is looking for performance, that's likely not enough food. In fact, forget the likely, it's definitely not enough food to sustain an individual throughout a busy day. Now, add in the fact that at six o'clock, we have a really satisfying dinner. And Sophia has said that delicious dinner, felt really full after it, felt really satisfied by it. But it's very likely that come eight o'clock, when we were looking for that high protein yogurt, the grapes, the McCambridge bread and butter, we were looking for those things because of hunger. Even though two hours previous, there was a really solid meal in there, that should, and I, if you were seeing me now, I'd be using the word should in inverted commas, that should have satisfied the need for nutrition, the need for satisfying hunger, etc. in the evening. But when we look at the day as a whole, it very possibly hasn't actually satisfied the requirement for energy intake. Now, I don't know what the numbers are on that. Uh, I think I think I probably wrote them down, actually, when we did the chat last week. I did a rough, uh, a rough guesstimate. And let me just make it up here as an example. I'm going to say that in order to stay exactly the same, in order to, for, for Sophia's weight not to go up and not to go down, in order to meet her needs for running and um, cycling and doing yoga, Sophia needs 2,000 calories a day, right? Now, Sophia might be five foot two, Sophia might be five foot ten. It doesn't matter. We're just making up the numbers here, okay? So let's say Sophia needs 2,000 calories a day. I'm going to just throw another set of numbers at you and say that only six or 700 of those calories were eaten in the almost 10 hours or 11 hours or whatever uh, between 7.30 and 6 o'clock in the evening. So a vast majority of the day, the greatest volume of the day had the lowest amount of energy intake. And then Sophia probably in the midst of her body going, uh, you know what, you've asked me to perform hard today. I'm going to need a little bit more than that. Ghrelin is kicking off. Ghrelin is kind of putting his hand up and saying, hey, I'm actually going to do a bit of damage here. Uh, I'm I'm going to kind of start screaming from the mountaintops and saying, feed me now. So we look at these things as, oh, Ghrelin's going to start doing damage. And actually, that's just something for me to reflect on there, the language I used. But ghrelin is our body's way of saying, you haven't fed yourself enough. You're going to need some more. So ghrelin is, is, ghrelin is our body's way of saying, I'm a hormone here designed to raise the flag and tell you that you need to meet your energy needs. And we see it as the bad guy, but it's actually the good guy. And if you haven't met your energy needs throughout the day, then later on in the evening, you're going to be going, oh my God, I'm craving chocolate. I'm addicted to chocolate. You're not addicted to chocolate. You are actually hungry. And when we have really busy lifestyles, we're inclined to ignore hunger cues. And hunger cues aren't the same for everybody. It's not always that rumbling tummy that you had when you were five. Sometimes it's just that 
you feel a little bit antsy. Sometimes it's that you feel a little bit irritated. Sometimes it's that you feel a little bit lightheaded. And because we've started to ignore those cues, we've stopped recognizing them when they land. So this is something to be aware of. And if you can practice going through your day and going, okay, how am I feeling now? Why am I, why, why am I making that choice for food? I feel a little bit jittery. I feel a little bit, is this hunger? I'm a bit moody. I'm a bit reactive. Is this hunger? And you know, I'm sure many of you have sat down sometimes and gone, no, no, I don't want to get something to eat. No, I'm not hungry. And then you sit down at a table, someone puts a sandwich in front of you, start eating and you're like, oh my God, I'm like a bottomless pit. I need more. I didn't realize how hungry I was until I sat down and started eating. So if you can identify those moments in your day and say, ah, okay, what what preempted this? Why why have I ignored my hunger up to this point? Have I been busy? And so start recognizing the patterns in your day and checking in with yourself every now and again and saying, right, am I hungry here? So it's not that every time you feel hungry, it's a, oh no, why am I hungry again? But very much, if you have come from a space where you have a restrictive mindset, if you've come from a space where dieting has been the thing for a number of years, or you've been exposed to diet culture, which let's face it, we all have for a number of years, then we've been kind of trained to ignore our hunger cues because apparently hunger is bad. And it's absolutely not. That's not the way things go. So what would I change about Sophia's diet here? Well, if she's finding that she's making choices like a bar of chocolate and then another bar of chocolate and then a handful of biscuits that she feels are not serving her needs nutritionally and she wants to improve her nutrition, I would be suggesting having something more substantial earlier in the day. And that's not to allay fear of um, putting weight on or, or gaining body fat, but it's to look at look at your body from a place of, I'm asking my body to perform really hard here. I'm I'm putting down six training sessions a week. I really need to start nourishing myself and attending to my own needs. So this is looking at your body from a place of love and saying, I care about my body. I don't want it to break down. I don't want to get injured. And I want to keep doing the things I love doing, which might be going for a run with friends or going for a cycle with friends or whatever. In order for me to do that, I need to nourish my body better. Part of that nourishment may include a bar of chocolate. Part of that nourishment may include having a handful of biscuits. And if you're trying to identify in more detail what is going to serve your needs, then it's a really good idea to engage with somebody that can help you with that, be it a sports nutritionist or a sports dietitian or a personal trainer who has an additional qualification in sports nutrition. So, that would be my take on it. So let's just recap on the advice we are giving to Sophia here today. We are suggesting that her sleep may be improved by ensuring that she is getting enough energy on board every day. She can look at her nutrition in the mornings and say, have something a little bit more substantial at the 7.30 feeding or maybe snack on something throughout the course of the morning, enjoy that fabulous bowl of porridge, uh, to maybe have something a little bit more substantial throughout the day rather than just looking at 
a couple of rice cakes with cream cheese and some chocolate to maybe have something that's going to be more filling, a little bit more protein, definitely more carbohydrates throughout the day because of, of course, across the course of that day, just a bowl of porridge and a banana. Okay, the little bit of quinoa is in there and the, the little bit of brown bread, but I would say across the course of that day, that's very, very few carbohydrates to have. And the variety of carbohydrates, of course, we can address too, because the more variety we get in with our carbohydrates, the more nutrients we're going to get in as well. So attending to volume of energy intake is important. We feel that's going to positively impact the quality of sleep, which of course, in turn, is going to positively impact our cravings throughout the day. If we are starting from scratch and starting from the bottom and increasing energy intake overall. So that's basically the big the big thing that we want to attend to this week. And when it comes to when it comes to making changes on a weekly basis, there's no point in saying, right, okay, Sophia, this week I want you to eat these 10 things and I want you to get to bed 30 minutes earlier and I want you to do this and I want you to do let's just look at changing one thing a week. For some people, it will work for them to change two or three things in a week. But if you have somebody who's working loads, who's very busy, who's got a busy training schedule, it's really important to keep things simple. And for any of you guys who are out there going, oh, but I want results and I want them now, you can change 10 things in a week. You can get your quick results at the end of that first week. And then I promise you, you'll go, this is too much. The kids are homesick from school. I've got too much happening at work. I'm really tired. And everything will fall to pot. Everything will fall apart. If you can focus on changing one small thing at a time. This week, it might be focusing on making sure you have maintained energy intake throughout the week, that you have adequately met your needs throughout the week. Next week, it might be ensuring that you have enough protein on board. The week after, it might be ensuring that you're getting out for at least 10 minutes walk every day to top up your activity in the week. So these little things, these small changes can massively contribute to your sense of well-being. In this instance, Sophia is probably going to feel better because she's sleeping more and sleeping better. She's going to feel better because she's not dealing with that fatigue because she's actually meeting her energy requirements and she's sleeping better, and she's probably going to be topping up on her micronutrient intake by having a larger portion and a larger variety of carbohydrates on board. So I hope you found this useful. I hope that it has given you a little bit of insight into how we work the coaching within the program, and that it's given you a little bit of insight if these cravings in the evening are something that you deal with, that there are so many different elements that can be at play here. It's not just about you know, I mean, if you want to make changes to your body, it's not just about eating more broccoli and going for, you know, hitting 10,000 steps a day. There's so many other elements involved and they're not all physical. Some of them are having a look at why you're making the choices you're making and then speaking to the people who can actually help you. And remember, a personal trainer might not always be that person. It might be good to branch out and to look at actually having sit down and talk therapy with somebody and looking at why you feel you need to balance your day out with having more chocolate in the evening. I think in this instance, this is simply a case of dinner is wonderful. But for this particular day that we're looking at, energy intake in the early part of the day would most definitely, based on the uh, energy output of the individual, 
would have an impact on appetite later in the day. So that's the action we're going to take. Guys, I'd love to hear from you. If you found this useful, please pop me back a message. Uh, Be sure to rate this on the podcast. Just pop in and leave a quick rating or just let me know if you found it useful. And if there are any topics, if there are any issues you would like me to cover in the future, I would be delighted if you pop me a message info at fionaodonnell.ie and let me know if you found it useful. In the meantime, have a wonderful week. Happy Valentine's. Take it easy.